Hi, I'm Pastor Corey, and you're listening to the Orange United Methodist Sermon Podcast. We're a church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that wants to help you find your place in God's story. And we hope this sermon can guide you along that path. Visit orangemethodist.org to find out more information about location, service times, upcoming events, and ways to give. We hope you enjoy. This morning, our scripture lesson comes to us from the book of Jonah. We're going to read chapter 3. And before you get too concerned about reading an entire chapter, it's only 10 verses. And so it's not very long. But I know this story is a very familiar story. But it's always interesting the way something new might pop out to us. So I invite you to turn with me if you're in your own Bible, if you feel so led. Or in the Pew Bible, it can be found on page 811 in the Old Testament. And we'll be reading once again. Verses 1 through 10. Hear now these words. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, Get up, go to Nineveh, that great city, and proclaim to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah set out and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly large city, a three days walk across. And Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's walk. And he cried out, Forty days more, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast, and everyone, great and small, put on sackcloth. When the news reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, removed his robe, and covered himself with sackcloth. And sat in ashes. Then he had a proclamation made in Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, no human being or animal, no herd or flock shall taste anything. They shall not feed, nor shall they drink water. Human beings and animals shall be covered with sackcloth, and they shall cry mightily to God. All shall turn from their evil ways and from the violence that is in their hands. Who knows? God may relent and change his mind. He may turn from his fierce anger so that we do not perish. When God saw that what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity he had said he would bring upon them. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's go to God once again for a time of prayer. Loving God, we give thanks for the way that we're able to come to be a part of community. The way that we're able to come to be one voice, lifting up songs of praise, affirming our faith together, praying together. And now as we receive your holy word, Lord, would it speak into our hearts and minds today. By the power of your Holy Spirit, would you transform the words that proceed from my mouth and as they fall upon our ears and penetrate our hearts, may they be changed into the word of God that we need to hear today as individuals and collectively as one body. Lord, we pray this in the name of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people said, amen. Have you ever been asked to complete a task that you really did not want to do? I know I certainly have. When I was in college, one of the ways that I made money was in the summertime, I worked as a commercial painter. 
I was not very good at it, but I was the one that they would have do a lot of the work of moving the ladders and doing whatever I could do with causing the least amount of damage. But one week, one of our jobs was painting these tanks behind a plant in Greenville, North Carolina. These tanks stood about 30 feet tall, and one thing I am terrified of is heights. But before we could paint these tanks, we had to sandblast them. And so I could handle being around on the ground, and you'd have to put on all this gear to protect yourself and a hood to make sure that you were not injured. No, no sand would blast back and hit on you. And I could do that on the ground. But it came time that it was the weekend, and I was asked by my boss if on Saturday I would come and help sandblast the top of this tank, about 30 feet high in the air. I said, no, sir. No, thank you. I was not interested. I was terrified. I'm terrified of heights. And on top of that, we'd have to get on the very top of this tank, wearing all of this gear. And then you were on a concave metal tank and sandblasting, which means it gets a little slick up there with all the dust and debris. No, sir, no way. Monday through Friday, I'll do whatever I got to do. I'm not coming in extra for that. I didn't feel like it was something I wanted to do until he offered double pay. And so I went in and I did the job. But it was one of those things I really didn't want to do because I was terrified. I was terrified of it. And not only that, I didn't really know how we were going to get it all done. I didn't understand the scope of it. And to finish up, I didn't feel equipped. There were other people that knew much more about the task that was before us, much better equipped than I. But sometimes we get asked to do things that we really don't want to do. And sometimes we get asked to do things that we may not fully understand what that means to do. Sometimes we get asked to do certain things that we really do not feel equipped for or prepared for. I know every year in the church, we have a nominations committee. That nominations committee is a group of people that come together and they begin to discern who we would like to ask to serve on certain committees or in certain roles of leadership. And that nominations committee prayerfully considers every vacancy, every opportunity. And so many times a name will come forward and the group will find consensus and they'll agree. Yes, we should ask this person to serve in this capacity. And so we'll divide up who's going to call and ask that individual, would they be willing to serve? And many times when we make that phone call, we get get a response that says, let me pray about it. They're not really praying about it. Sometimes they are. Sometimes we are. Sometimes they're just trying to pray that God will give them a better excuse to say no. So many times. But the thing is, we'll hear a lot of times, no, I really don't want to serve in that way. Or I don't really understand the full scope of what it is that I'm being asked. Or there's got to be somebody better to serve in this kind of way. But the thing is, a group of people were led by God to name that name. To ask that individual to serve in that way. I believe each one of us at our baptism, we've been named God has named us, and in our baptism, I believe God has called each one of us, every one of us. We believe in the priesthood of all believers. I believe that God has placed a call upon each and every one of us. And we have to determine whether or not we're going to answer that call or decline that call. What is it that God 
has asked you to do. I love the story of Jonah. It's particularly meaningful to me because when we were in, when Jennifer was in law school, she was a part of an organization called the Christian Legal Society, and they would have Bible studies and meals together. And Jennifer invited me one time to go, and I, it was in the midst of this time that I was trying to discern exactly what God had called me to do. And so I remember learning even better, even more than I'd ever heard before, the story of Jonah. Oh, I love this short story of Jonah. Jonah receives the call. God calls and says to Jonah to go to Nineveh and tell them the words that I will give to you. And Jonah makes a decision to go and get on a boat and head in the complete opposite direction. That's something I could relate to, for I myself had heard that call. But I went in the opposite direction. Jonah gets on this boat, and he, as he's on this boat, and they set off, Jonah goes down below. I love, as I read, have read through this story several times this week, to be able to be reminded. He goes down below, and it says that he goes to fast asleep. He's in a deep sleep. And as he's in this deep sleep, the wind begins to blow. A storm comes upon them. And the captain of the ship comes down below to wake him. How can you be sleeping in the midst of all of this? Pray to your God that maybe your God will save us. So Jonah comes up and the scripture tells how the storm's continuing to get even worse and worse. And so they cast lots because they believe that somebody on the boat has brought this upon them. And the lot falls to Jonah. And so they ask him, what have you done that has brought this upon us? And Jonah confesses, well, I've been told to go to Nineveh to proclaim the word of God. Well, what must we do to save us? Well, throw me into the ocean. You know, that part is always so interesting to me. He could have said, well, turn the boat around and let's go towards Nineveh. But no, he'd rather be thrown overboard. He'd rather be thrown overboard than go do the very thing that God has called him to do. He knows what he's been called to do. He knows. But he doesn't want to do it so much so. Giving. And he says, throw me overboard. Well, I'm sure that you know this story very well. You, you knew there was going to be one. You know this story very well. The scripture says that a large fish, a whale, swallows Jonah. And during this time that he spends inside the belly of this well, three days, three nights, it says, he begins to pray. I love one of the lines of the prayer. Towards the end of it, he says, But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I'll pay. Deliverance belongs to the Lord. He says, yes. Yes, Lord. I'll do what you've asked. He had been fighting it. He didn't want to do it at all. Maybe he didn't understand the full scope. Maybe he didn't feel like he was the one that should go to Nineveh. How in the world will people listen to me? But the thing is, when we say yes, and God's will is done, God is able to do amazing things. So the scripture says that he does. He does do what he's been asked to do. He goes to Nineveh. And I can only imagine as much as he didn't want to go. I can't imagine that he's really preaching it with fire and brimstone. Forty days more and Nineveh will be no more. 
I can just picture him just walking through the city. He's kind of hoping I almost think that calamity is going to come. Forty days more, Nineveh will be no more. But then something happens. Whether he's doing it with full passion or not, he's doing it. And something begins to happen. The people began to hear. They began to hear and they begin to repent. Putting on ash, sackcloth, fasting, crying out to God. The king declares that no one, beast or human, should eat or drink to proclaim this fast. The city repents and God relents. It's a beautiful story. It's a beautiful story of when someone is willing to say yes When they're willing to say yes, even if they don't understand it, even if it's not something that they wanted to do, even if they don't feel equipped or prepared for it. When someone is willing and says, yes, God can do amazing things. I'm excited today to be able to welcome Haley Givens. As Haley is starting as our new youth director, uh, Haley's story, she has a beautiful story about her saying yes. Her willingness to step in and to allow God to work within her. And so I've invited Haley as a part of this time together today to come forward and to to share this beautiful story with you. Grace and peace to you, Orange United Methodist Church. Uh, If we have not met yet, like Adam said, my name is Haley Givens, and I have answered God's call to be the youth director here at Orange United Methodist, and I am so excited to start in this position and to share my call with you. So I actually did not grow up in the church. I was baptized as an infant in the United Methodist Church, um, but as a family, we did not attend regular services. I can count on my hands how many services I've been to before college, Um, a few with my grandparents, a few here and there with friends, but we were not a church-going family. I had never been to a youth group before I started volunteering in college, which is where really my story began. My story doesn't align with Jonah as a story of reluctance, but a story, but it does align with Jonah as a story of provenient grace. John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, says that there are three types of grace. There is justifying, there is sanctifying, and there is provenient. Provenient meaning God reaches out to us. God is calling us always within this sense of love, and all we have to do is accept it. So because of my baptism, I believe that I was called through this provenient grace that I discovered in college. I had this overwhelming feeling before I started as a freshman at Davidson College that I wanted to join a Bible study or a church or something of that kind when I started on campus. The joke is there are two churches in the town of Davidson. There is a Presbyterian church on campus, and then there is a United Methodist Church down the street. And I remember when I was filling out my forms for applications for scholarships and for applying to college, that I had to mark that I was, you know, a Christian, but it didn't just say Christian. You had to give a denomination. And I asked my mom, and she said that I was United Methodist. So I went to the United Methodist Church. Um, That seemed to be the right thing. 
And that church family welcomed me in with open arms. Um, They sat with me on Sunday mornings. They invited me to participate in lead youth group. I love working with um, emerging adults is the term that I like to use. Um, And so they welcomed me in and I got to hear about God's love and how the church is a part of that story. My call to ministry came before my senior year at Davidson. That church went on a choir and handbells trip to Denmark and Sweden, um, and they kindly invited me to come along. I do not sing. I cannot read music. I do not play an instrument. But I did get to hand out programs uh, and got a trip where my life was completely changed forever. At our penultimate performance in Sweden, I heard a very distinct voice saying, you will be a United Methodist pastor. And I knew that was not my own idea because I really didn't know that was a career until (laughs) three years prior. Um, But this overwhelming sense of call came over me and it hasn't escaped me since. So as I kind of wrestled with this call, what did I want to do with working with young adults? I had this idea uh, that I would work at a Christian school for a year um, teaching in Nashville, Tennessee. During the school year, it was the 2020-2021 school year, so full-blown pandemic, right? (laughs) I was moved to a new city. I didn't know anybody. I taught with masks on hybrid, so it was like we had a camera teaching like this, um, and also had in-person students. Basically, this church service is how I taught my middle school students in a mask. Um, And I truly learned that I had a call for discipling youth and teaching them how they interact um, with, how they can interact with God and how they can find themselves in God's story. Um, So with this feeling and with this sense of call, I decided to attend seminary. Um, And again, I said I went to church in North Carolina, and as a Methodist, there's only one choice for seminaries um, in North Carolina, and that is Duke Divinity School. So I found my way to Duke Divinity School, and while there in my first semester, I was wrestling with this sense of call. I know that I wanted to work with emerging adults, and I felt like I wanted to work with the church, and I just did not fully understand what that meant for me. Um, And we say this at Duke Divinity School, there's always this sense of kind of imposter syndrome. You know, who am I actually called to be? So I really struggled with, do I want to be a senior pastor? Do I really want to be doing, leading Sunday services every week? And as now I'm going into my final semester in my third year, I've fully answered my call of, I am called to pastor youth. I am called to pastor emerging adults and help them find their place in God's story. Help them figure out who is God calling them to be as part of this baptized community. So I'm so thankful that I am now here living out this call, and I'm so excited to get to know each and every one of you, not just our emerging adults. I'm excited to be a part of this church community and um, live into this calling. So thank you so much for letting me share. Thank you, Haley. I love that story, a beautiful story of one listening to God's call and discerning and understanding what that means. Sometimes when we're asked by God to do something or called upon, sometimes we're reluctant for whatever reason, but God is a God that doesn't stop. That provenient grace continues to go. 
And so we have more than that one chance if we've turned it down, if we've said no to God before. God is a God of second chances. I love the way that God is giving the city of Nineveh, this great city, another chance. Giving them that warning. I love that God gives Jonah another chance. Instead of leaving him inside the belly of a whale, he causes that fish to spew him out. And so Jonah lives into that second chance. I believe God has called you. Maybe we've been reluctant to follow for Maybe it's because what we've been called to do is something we don't want to do. Maybe it's something that we don't really even understand what that's going to look like. Or maybe it's something we've been called to do that we certainly do not feel equipped or prepared for. But I believe when we say yes, we're reminded that God doesn't just call the equipped, He equips the called. I believe that we're reminded that through God, all things become possible. And so maybe today is that day for you to say yes. Maybe today is the day that we step into the call that God has placed on your life. I pray that today will be that day that you would say yes. Let us pray. Lord God, I give thanks for you are a God of grace, a God of mercy. As you demonstrated such grace to the people of Nineveh and as you demonstrated such grace to Jonah, Lord, you extend that grace to us. For all the times that we've fallen short and missed the mark, Lord, we ask for forgiveness. For all the times that you have called and we have declined, Lord, we're ready. May the Holy Spirit embolden us and Prepare us. Say, yes, Lord. Speak, for your servants are listening. And for those that are still trying to process and discern, to come to an understanding of what it is we might be called to, Lord, may we be willing spirits. May our hearts be willing when we understand. God, we lift all of these things up. In the name of Jesus Christ and through the power of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people said, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Please join us again next week. In the meantime, you can find us online at orangemethodist.org.